Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Hmm. Human Music Podcast. I like it. Beep boop. Welcome, humans, to the, uh, what, what's the podcast called again? Why does this robot never know the name of the podcast? <laughs> Error. Error. Uh, <laughs> hey, friends, this is the Human Music Podcast, where we talk about music and music-related things, I suppose. And starting with a music-related thing... <laughs> I just got uh, my guitar restrung and cleaned up or serviced or whatever. And uh, funny, funny story. I was picking the guitar up and, you know, I'm, I'm only like, I'm a very like, you know, I'm probably actually well below average thinking about the scale of the guitar players out in the world. Um, but like when I'm sitting in the studio, like I, I can record something and, and it sounds good because I can practice and play it. And the guy hands me my guitar and he's like, yeah, so just like, you know, play around with it, you know, and, uh, you know, let me know, let me know how it's, how it feels, how it sounds or whatever. Uh, and first of all, I only play my guitar plugged into my garage sale amp or plugged into my interface. I never play my electric guitar just acoustically. I didn't have a pick and I was like, oh, I don't need to, I don't need to sit in your store and play guitar. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's great. And, he, and he's like, oh, no, I got a pick for you. He hands me, hands me the pick. So then I'm standing there dumbfounded, like, oh, okay. Uh, and I sit down and I just like start noodle. Like, I don't, I don't, I realize I don't have fucking shit all to play when I'm in a guitar store. Like, I don't have, I don't have like a thing to play that I know really well. That's like, okay, I know how that sounds in reference to this. And so I just sit there fucking noodling like an idiot. And the guy's just looking at me like, you have no fucking idea what you're doing do you and i'm just like sitting there realizing that he's thinking this and then uh then we pretty much just have that mutual realization he goes all right well you know let, if, if you need anything changed let me know and he walks away and i'm like oh god <gasps> my ego's so bruised right now i don't have anything to play in a guitar store i'm not a bad guitarist i can play the fucking thing i just i don't have something to play right now and uh, <laughs> so I walked out of the guitar store feeling sorry for myself. And then, uh, and then was realizing like, wait, like, why, why do I, why am I so torn up? Like, why, why do I even give a fuck? Because like, I feel like I'm a good musician and I just looked like literally my first time picking up the guitar <laughs> ever. And, uh, and I realized like, really it's it's just it's just an ego thing it's just it's really just me feeling like my perception that i gave this person was below what my own personal perceived value of of artists is right and it got me thinking about the value of ego in music and also the detriment of ego in music right because a musician with no ego no confidence you'd never release music you'd be a virtuoso that never put anything out into the world because you don't care. You don't care to show anyone because you have nothing to prove. You know that you're the best in the world if you were. And you just would never release anything. I was starting to, you know, think about how, how much of a dichotomy that is. So I guess that's a good place to start. Like, what do you, what do you guys feel about that? Like, do you think... Do you think a musician should have a large ego that they keep in check? Or a musician should have no ego and use their peers to give confidence in what they're working on? I think you should know Crazy Train, Sweet Child of Mine, and Stairway to Heaven hey, in case you no ever go to a guitar store. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's hard because you, you have to have the, enough ego to, to be like, I'm the shit, I can do this, I can keep going on, and to brush that stuff off. Because, like, at the end of the day, you look like a jackass to everybody else for even thinking you could have a career in music. So you have to have unshakable confidence and brush that off. 
But on the other side, like identifying your weaknesses and seeing where you can improve right. it, like, is also learn, a very necessary skill. I need to learn a song to play in the guitar store, just one. But I need, yeah. like, I realize right. like, that is an area that I need to improve in today. Totally. Man, actually, funny you bring that up. I had an incident to like maybe a month or two ago. My neighbor came over like wasted to let me know that she fucking hates my singing. And why do you think you could do that? And like all this like, yeah, like really two-faced shit. Because we've been pretty cool since. And uh, yeah, she just like fucking roasted me. And like. She came over and knocked on your door to say that? Oh, yeah, like, almost that one. It was, like, super sloppy on her part. But also, like, to me, I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like, when you practice, you practice what you're not good at. And that sounds like a you problem, lady, because I'm having fun here. So, fuck that. And, like, you could take that the wrong way and feel like, oh, you know, somebody told me I suck. Like, I shouldn't go with this. Especially, like, voice, you know? And I thought about, like, how should I take this? And it's like... Who gives a fuck? Like, are you having fun? Do you think you could get better at it? If you're putting in the hours, I feel this way about anything, right? If you're putting in the hours, internally, you will know how much time you put in and and where your trajectory is headed. And maybe I would have felt differently about that if I knew, like, I never practice, I don't have a coach, I'm not strategically working on exercise, all these things. But because I knew I had that in place and I knew where I wanted to go and I knew where I was investing my time, just kind of brushed it off, you know, and uh, didn't didn't really affect me too much. And it's like there was a duality there where it's like, yeah, I know I suck, but also that's a you problem. I don't give a shit. I know I'm going to be the shit. And so I'm going to do it. And it's like you have to sort of balance both of those. But I think, too, it's like you can go too far by thinking you're the shit and then you spam people your soundcloud link or you get good and then you like don't believe in yourself and never put stuff out i would say err more on the side of be cocky in your art and share it with the world but like don't take it personally if people give you feedback or just like straight up roast you because fuck those people they don't know what goes into the craft dude i almost i almost fucking completely cut you off before you even got started there saying exactly what you said, that's a you problem. Someone that does that, someone that openly says, why do you think that you can do that is fully just projecting their own insecurities of never stepping out and trying something that takes like singing, like, especially in an apartment where you can, you know, your neighbors can hear you just doing that, like takes a little bit of balls at a base level and like that person is 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 the person that has always told themselves no i'm not the type of person that can do that i i i shouldn't try to do that because that'll be hard and that person lives a very unfulfilled life so tesco's neighbor fuck you unhappy bitch people (laughs) reflect into the world how they feel about themselves and that's one thing it's like I'm not going to say we're on talking terms, but like, <laughs> tell me, tell me I suck. That's one thing. But to tell anybody, why do you think you could do that? Yeah, that was just a matter of like, all right, we're done here. Because to me, I just feel so sorry for you that you feel that something is that like, it's you were not fucking flying to the moon. You're singing. Yeah. And like, who gives a shit? Even even quote unquote bad singers have made careers because they can get the proper emotion across and they make people feel some sort of way. So it's like, if you can do that, whether it's with singing or whether it's with your production, with your music, like who gives a shit? There's so much music I hear that I think is bad and people make successful careers off it. So like, why would my opinion matter? Imagine if they listened to me and then they went to work some shit job they didn't care about. But it's so true. Like what? singing is such a good example for that too because singing is one of those things that like everyone assumes that it's innate talent that people are born with and then you either can or you can't and if you can't don't try like it 
it is a muscle. It is a skill. Like, even if you can't sing for shit, if you have taste in what you want to sound like, you can get close and then work at it. Which yeah. is which is one of the reasons why I like electronic music so much because it's it's so much more taste derived than no like being able to sing today like you can fiddle with a beat to make it sound like you want sound good and like original or whatever you can you can fiddle with it forever um and try new stuff and just continue to experiment until you find something that your taste determines that you like or that is cool or mm -hmm. is your style or whatever you don't you, you don't have to be perfect at it when you start. You just have to keep working at it. Um, and Luke, I didn't want to, I've kind of retook that over, but I want to, I want to hear your take on the ego thing as far as musicians. So as far as ego goes, I mean, the, the original question, like should a, should a musician like live with the big ego and, you know, go, go balls to the wall with it or try to have no ego. I mean, I don't think there's a way for a human being to have no ego like being more harmonious with your ego and recognizing your ego is like a part of you, a part of your personality traits, as opposed to allowing it to convince you it's the whole thing and run everything based on its, you know, very fragile sensibilities. And, uh, you know, because the funny thing about the ego is the ego as soon as you level up your life and change and step into a new place, that version of the ego dies and the new one takes its place. The one that says, well, sure, I can try to sing even if I'm not good yet, compared to the one that yesterday was like, no, no, I couldn't possibly sing. And the one that couldn't possibly sing is terrified of dying at the hands of the one that thinks it might be able to. <laughs> and well that I think is what's what's coming up for your neighbor, like with the with the who do you think you are? Well, somebody probably said something like that to your neighbor at some point. Who do you think you are trying to sing? Oh, I didn't I didn't know, but their ego took that on. I don't know if y'all ever read that book, The Four Agreements. No. By who? Oh shit, by Don Miguel Ruiz, oh. The Four Agreements. It is one of my favorite all-time books. I recommend it a lot. But basically, he describes in the, you know, in the kind of preamble to the book, how we all have this big book of rules that have been written over our lives internally by the things, the reactions we've gotten from other people. Like, you know, if you did good at math and everybody's like, oh, hey, you're good at math. You're like, I'm good at math. That's my thing. And then somebody's like, you suck at basketball. You're like, oh, I can't play basketball. <laughs> like, oh, you can't sing. You have a shitty voice some angry person in a bad mood said that to you when you were fucking seven years old and now you're in your 30s like getting drunk and knocking on your neighbor's door at 1 a.m and like passing that vitriol on and trying to keep that vicious cycle going but luckily luckily for tesco he's got a healthy balance of ego and we talked about like confidence and cockiness and i think those are two really good terms to consider here like cockiness to me the way i look at it is when you have the confidence without the humility and self-reflection whereas confidence to me carries with it the humility and self-reflection so you can say hmm yeah like i can see what she's saying like my voice isn't perfect you know, because if you're like, oh, I'm cocky, I'm the shit, my voice is dope, I don't need to improve, I just need to be loud and piss off my neighbor. Or it's like, no, nah, like, I, I hear what you're saying, yeah, I'm not the best singer, but I'm working, and your anger doesn't really deter me because I'm confident that I can get better, and either way, I enjoy doing it, so I'm not stopping, you know? Totally. Oh, Plus, so well said. For this neighbor situation, you got to remember, the neighbor can't hear the beat because you're rocking headphones. They can't hear the reverb or the compression. They sure as hell can't hear the auto-tune. So, you know, they're just getting the rawest, you know, and they're hearing the same lines over and over. Like, you know, <laughs> people that love me and want to hang out with me don't want to hang out while I'm fucking looping one piece of a song and practicing it over and over. Like, my lady loves me, but when I'm on that part, she's like, I love listening to music, but this is hard this is hard hearing that four bars on loop for hours. Like I can't do it. Totally. Like, yeah, totally. I get it. 
I'm in that I'm in the middle hearing all the subtle tweaks I'm making and it's it can get old for me. Right. And that's why I couldn't really be mad at it. And it's like, yeah, dude, my okay. first my first reaction was like, all right, you just need to start making trap core where you just are yelling, 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 yelling all day. Profanities, obscenities, the worst, most garbage things and actually figure out your vocal booth setup so it goes at her wall oh perfect and uh and then yeah i'm all right an anti-karen trap course like in spike singing it's a new sport right but yeah man i think you will internally feel appropriate to how much time you're investing and how much intention you're putting towards your goals if you know that you're an unstoppable motherfucker there's nothing that anybody could say that's going to detract you from that path. If anything, it's an opportunity to be like, what, like reflect on why. I think in this case, it was just a personal attack to see if she could get under my skin. But if somebody says that, it's like, all right, what did they listen to? What is their preferred style? What was I just singing? How would have they interpreted that based on their taste? Maybe like... I don't know. I'm not necessarily saying you have to like validate that opinion, but maybe a situation like that, you could be like, oh, well, they listen to like jazz and jazz singers sing this way. Oh, I wonder if I implemented this into my technique. Like that's an opportunity for growth there. Like you don't have to appease everybody, but knowing what people, different people like out of music is a good point for you to reflect on to see what you could pull from that. Because I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have a lot of sessions with people where they come to me and ask me how to develop their sound. And all your sound is, is a culmination of all of these little attributes from different genres that you've pulled together. And if you really think about it, what's the difference between your sound and a genre? A genre is just a widely accepted term for a collection of some attributes that people have taken and then lumped all of these songs together and said, this is this genre. But like, what makes Trap Trap? What makes Dubstep Dubstep? It has fast hi-hats. It has this on the offbeats. It's usually at this tempo. But these are all very arbitrary characteristics if you think about it. It's just your sound doesn't necessarily have a name besides your artist's name and it's not on Beatport or it's not on iTunes. But that's the only fucking difference. Totally. And I think, honestly, she would, she would have said that regardless, in my opinion, of how good you were. Uh, any, any singer, incredible singers, in the studio will have takes where it's not perfect or live completely miss notes and and like 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 not even like you know like 10 cents off or we're talking semitones off like prime example i was just listening to lincoln park earlier and it shuffled to a different lincoln park song it was a live version of like leave out all the rest or something and chester rest in peace probably my favorite at least top three vocalist of all time for just the raw emotion delivered and the live version of this song exactly what i'm talking about semitones off on some notes but like for the most part hit all of them and it sounded good but like still him someone i revere in a live setting completely still miss notes like mm -hmm. completely miss them and so like thinking of it in in that context of like the best will still not be able to sing perfectly all the time or if you have a tired voice or whatever like totally. if chester had no confidence to 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 ride through those and his neighbor came over and was like why are you even why are you even bothering you're terrible why do you even think you can do this like and and he stopped. I wouldn't be making the music that I am today. Like, yeah. Like thinking of it in that context is just like it's such small potatoes. Um, yeah. 
I was just going to say, and we're talking vocals too, but like, think about how many like solid finish tracks do you have per whips? Totally. It's like, it's not just vocals. Like you have to open the tap, let all of the shitty orange gross water come out and yeah let all the foam come out all the disgusting crap that's stuck in the pipes to get that fresh water and then you show up next day and that water's been sitting in the pipes and it's accumulated all that bullshit again you got to open the tap and let it run and every single day you show up and you find your confidence every single day you show up you find your creativity it's not just you're at this point that we're at you're 10 years deep like I am and you can just fucking, everything flows smoothly now. It's like, no, maybe, you know, just like a, a baseball player at bat, they went from 0.2 to 0.3 and now they're an all-star or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, they have to show up every day to work on that batting average. They have to show up every day and find the confidence in hitting that swing. And some days they're going to show up, they're going to miss every fucking one. And then some days they're going to show up and they're going to hit seven out of 10. And it's going to, you look back at that day the same way, like I'm sure you guys can relate that those days where you write like five songs in a day, you were six, seven, something like crazy. You're just blasting out ideas. The tap is just flowing. And then you show up for the next week and it's all garbage. That's just what it is. You find ways to clean out that tap and you find ways to get into that state. But every single day, like I said, you show up and you have to find that again. Yeah, man. And I think that that really reminds me of something I heard at the ASCAP Expo. Uh, Daryl Brown, a, a, man, you know, I, I might have mentioned this on the podcast before because I love the story. But Daryl Brown, who's a hit songwriter, has number ones and such. Um said you know to a big group of us in this in this hall at the expo like you're gonna have a life event you're gonna break up with somebody you're gonna fall in love you're gonna have a kid somebody will die like something big will happen in your life and you will write a batch of songs about it let's say you write 20 songs about falling in love and at the end of writing the 20 songs you look at all the songs you wrote you realize like two or three of them are like really good songs and like 17 or 18 of them are just meh just like you're talking about. But he's like, but there is no way to get those two or three songs without writing all 20 and then seeing which ones really resonate. You just have to show up and write all of the songs that you have and then figure out which ones are really worth pursuing after that. Like which ones are really worth all the editing process and the final dialing in or, you know, for, you know, a songwriter in the industry's, you know, standpoint, like pitching to the artists that you're working with and really making a push to get cut, you know? And that is exactly what you're saying. Just show up and write the shit, show up and sing, show up and make the beats because when it comes down to it, it all comes back to quality through quantity. If you just keep showing up, be a professional, show up daily, work on your craft, you will get more output. And then as you get better at what you do, more of that output will be viable. And like you said, you know, even all-star Hall of Fame bass players are still only hitting the ball three out of 10 times. And that's okay. You don't have to knock everyone out of the park to be a success. You just have to show up enough to knock some out of the park. Totally, man. And And just fucking get on base. Hit a single, man. And have fun (laughs) and just play. And, and 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 having fun and being competitive aren't mutually exclusive. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure those people playing baseball are fucking pissed if they lose, but they're still having a blast on the field, like, playing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and the ones that stop having fun, you know, they just don't make it to that, like, Michael Jordan or, like, Kobe status. You know what I'm saying? Like, it takes a specific kind of drive and, and, and appreciation for the craft to, to get there. But, but too, like, we talk about this idea of quality through quantity a lot. And and I think it's worth noting, like you said, you can't get those two songs unless you have the 20. It's because everything is relative. Those two songs, you know, are good because you wrote the other 18 and you can compare all of them and, and clearly tell these are the best. 
same way, like, why do we start this podcast? We, we tried to have other ventures with other people for a long period of time. We got to know a lot of people, meet a lot of different musicians, and eventually we came to start this because comparatively relative to everybody else, we found something that works. Same with when you're writing music. Like people will bring me uh, projects with like 10 tracks in it. And it's like this, this whole writing mixing process, all of this is relative elements relative to one another. You need to have that first phase where you're just throwing sounds into the mix and you figure out like, all right, I got to kill this puppy. All right, I got to introduce this element here because it works relatively really nice with this one. These frequencies relative to these frequencies sit nicely. Everything, everything, everything in life is relative. You find options and then you whittle down those options and you find what works for you. And one thing that always sticks out to me, man, like the biggest thing I picked up from Seth Drake's workshop, which for whoever doesn't know, he's worked with huge acts like Gucci Mane and, and, and like people in that realm. And like same with the EDM world. He said he doesn't even see himself as anything special. And this is like one of the top engineers that, that the biggest people are going to. And he, he talks about the same thing. He's like, yeah, I don't have perfect pitch. Some people are born with perfect pitch and others just don't have it. But everybody has pretty good relative pitch. You can listen to a piece of shit song and you can listen to an amazing song and you can very clearly tell which one's which. Same with when you're mixing. If you use reference tracks, then you don't have to play this guessing game of how everything is adding up solely on your own. You can take a listen to your song, take a listen to your reference that already sounds good, and then you're like, oh, my vocal's too quiet. Oh, my basses aren't forward enough. Oh, my drums need to punch more. That's yeah. easy to pick up on. Use that skill. Yeah, highly, highly, highly 10 out of 10 recommend the approach. Links down below for the approach. Uh, we'll, give you, we'll give you the direct link to go get that. Uh, best money you could spend to become an audio engineer, for sure. Um, insane value. But uh, I know Evan's got something you want to say. I can tell he's been to talk. <laughs> no, dude, I literally, I, every day when I eat lunch, I go back into the best practices archive from the approach and continue to further my knowledge in mixing because it's such it's such a long game for mixing um and it's just a skill that you got to flex just like we were talking about you gotta you gotta you gotta work that muscle to get better at it and uh something you want to do every day um i don't i don't i don't have much to add i uh I thought it was funny though. I wanted to touch back on how dialed in your explanation of cocky versus confidence is. Um, like, like everyone's seen the reality TV guy that like comes on way too strong. It's clearly cocky, clearly a cocky dude. And the girl's like, oh, you're kind of like, kind of, you're a little bit cocky, aren't you? And he's like, no, I'm not cocky. I'm confident. Like, it's fun. You gotta, you gotta be able to self, you gotta be able to step back into the control room of your mind and look objectively about the things that you're doing, about your life, about your music, about everything. You gotta be able to, you gotta be able to remove your own perceptions from what you're looking at, from what you're thinking, from what you're working on and be able to step back and go, okay, so like what's really going on? If someone, if someone says they don't like your voice, like step back, like is, is my voice perfect? No. Why am I mad that this person said I don't have a good voice? Because I think that I do. And because my ego is now bruised with them telling, telling me the relative's perspective of what it is, is not there. But having that third person perspective is not just cutting yourself down. It's also realizing like, yes, like Tesco said, maybe my voice isn't perfect, but I'm working on it and it's getting better. And the finished product sounds good. So 
I don't care what you're saying, you know, but like, right. you don't, you don't get to that. You don't get to that point without being able to objectively step back and, and take into all these considerations. So I guess my, my point on all of this discussion would be practice, practice stepping back in that situation in which you feel like your ego is bruised or you feel like your there's a disconnect between what you thought you were and what someone is telling you and step back and look like, okay, so what's, what's really at play here? What do I, what are the hard points that I have that, that I know are true and really take a look at what's going on there. And, and nine times out of 10, what you'll find is that the reason you're mad or you're sad is not because you aren't as good as you thought you were, or because, you know, because you actually do suck at that thing is because the situation and the, and the elements surrounding it. So yeah, practice. And if you do suck, sorry. No, I was, yeah. I mean, I was just going to say pra practice that skill because it's important in every facet of your life, not just music, but every facet. Totally. And if you do suck, who gives a shit? Who cares? I know I'm very selectively good at a few things. I could probably write a drum and bass tune relatively easily because I know kind of what goes into it, but I'm not going to live up to like uh, Muzzy or like Kill the Noise or somebody that like sp Kill the Noise, I guess, is like a bit more multifaceted, but like I don't even know drum and bass dudes, so I'm not going to pull it off as well as like the top tier people in that do because they specifically work on that. I've realized this especially too, like diving into hip-hop there's people that make careers just off adding drums to loops and there's people that make careers off never doing drums and just making melody loops and both of them make great careers great money and like if somebody went up to a melody loop maker and they're like yo your drums suck you think they would give a fuck they're like bro i just raked in 10k this month fucking suck a dick yeah <laughs> like who cares man and like that's just and i'm sure you guys can agree like we're not great at everything we have a select few things that we've identified hey i really like this genre i like this part of my style i like this 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 let me get really really good at these things that i like and like i don't have to be the best house producer if i'm making hip-hop and i don't need to know rock if i'm making country or whatever Dude, and like yeah yeah, who cares, man? It all comes down to validation too. Like if you get angry at that person or you got to prove them wrong or you got to tell them fuck off, it all comes down to your need to feel validated. You're hoping that if you say fuck off or if you get under their skin, you get a reaction out of them, you know, that'll validate you and you'll feel good inside. But it's like, don't be a little bitch. Why do you need validation from that person, whether it's positive or negative? It's true. It's yeah. When you're good. Arg arguing with people on the internet is pointless. Uh, <laughs> amen. Uh, when uh, you're good, I just want to leave it at this. Yeah. When you're good, you are the douche that goes around telling people, right? When you're good, you're going around telling everybody. When you're great, people will tell you. And when you suck ass, people will come to your door drunk at 1 a.m. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. funny anecdote before I, I circle back to something that you said that I think really resonates. Uh, when I was like a, like a super novice, like maybe a, a year in or less, I, I was on the EDM production Reddit forum all the time trying to soak in all of the knowledge. And like generally my online persona is a lurker like i just absorb the information and move on i don't comment i don't like but sometimes i would feel like i had something really good to say and i didn't know what i was talking about like like someone was like what's your favorite what's your favorite tip that you learned this year and i was so confident about this i was like sausage fat are you i mean that's a good one <laughs> this thing this thing you throw it on a sound and it just whoa just out of nowhere this thing is crazy you could turn the color up to a hundred percent and you know maybe you don't get all the way on the compression knob but you know just crank that thing and it really like helps your sound but it's like the people that are good like you're talking about the people that are good are offering the information to other people <laughs> like they're the arbiter 
of all of the best knowledge. Like, no, like most of the time, someone giving you advice, unless it's like a really trusted source is because they are learning it as well. And they're like, going through that graph of like crossing like your skill level versus like what you actually know. And like, they're above what you actually know with their like perceived knowledge. And they just like want to tell the world about it. So yeah, I, I, I love that. But the thing that I wanted to circle back to um, was what you said about like going in a hundred percent on one thing that you know that you're good at and the rest doesn't matter. It's so true. Double down on your strengths and forget whatever your weaknesses are. It don't matter. Uh, for instance, like Rez, when she came onto the scene, like the things that she had dialed, she had so dialed. Like her, like like those pluck lines that you would never even think to write because they're so dissonant. But because they're like sparse and well-written, they sound great. And like that whole genre of like moody, stranger things, dark, mid-tempo spawned pretty much the modern version of it spawned pretty much off the back of, of her success. And she herself would all the time in those early stages say like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like I can't mix at all. Like I literally just sit in my room and write these beats all day, every day. And I like, she knew for a fact that those melodies that she was writing and those chords and those one one note bass lines with this dissonant pluck over the top, she knew those were cool and she liked them. And when it comes to the drop, so simple. One sound, the kick hits, the clap doesn't get in the way of the kick and the sub rolls with that one sound. And that's all you need. When I saw her at Shambhala, um, whatever the year was that she had like that breakout set or whatever, it was like, I had heard of her and I like, we were like, I was telling my friends that we need to go see her. And it was literally the set that like got posted on SoundCloud. And like from that point on, like her trajectory just went fucking straight up. The, the mixes weren't great, but every single song was unique. And the, the drums and the sub were absolutely hitting. And that's all it took for every single drop for me to be like, oh, you know, like because she doubled down on her strengths and it was something I'd never heard before. Uh, so, so for all for all you guys out there that are thinking about all the other things that you need to get good at to, to make great music, that don't matter. What do you like? What are you good at? Triple that being F. said... You got to experiment with all the genres because you need to find relative mm. to each other. What do you actually like? You True. won't figure Maybe. that out until you do it. Maybe though. I mean, but if you're like, bro, all I ever wanted to make was house music and all I want to fucking spin is house music. And you know that in your soul, just fucking make house music. You don't got to sidetrack and make 15 other genres. If you're like, I love producing. I love so many genres and I have no idea what I want to make. Tesco's like that. I'm like that. That's also completely valid. But if you know in your soul that there's one genre and that's the only thing you want to do, you're going to be that specialist that is just like making just the illest trap beats or only the fucking craziest DMB or like whatever it happens to be. See, I agree. But also, like, if you know in your heart and soul you want to do house and you never branch out to DMB, you, you, never will find that potential other passion it's like when i got into producing music i thought you know i'm gonna be a dubstep producer or like after when i was transitioning out of metal getting to electronic music i was like oh i'm gonna be a dubstep producer this is sick like sound design's fucking sick and then like i realized i couldn't do it and then i got into house and i had a blast making house and then i learned how to make dubstep and then i'm like man, fuck this shit. I'm so tired of sound design now. And it's like, yeah, everything, it's human nature to want what you can't have. And just 
don't be too stuck in your ways and be like, oh, I came in with the intention of being a house producer. So this is what I got to do. Like if a house tune isn't coming out that day and you still want to write, experiment with something, try everything new. But if you suck at it, like if Rez made a DNB tune and sent it over and like one of us is like, you fucking suck at DNB, never do this again. How shooken up do you think she would be given that she's already killing it in her niche? That's Probably so- not at all. But if that motivated her or or doing that track gave her insight and now she starts crushing it in DNB or makes her own offshoot of it, it's like none of us ever would have seen that coming because we have our own vision of like what DNB is supposed to be and it doesn't match this, so you suck. But like, Without her trying that, maybe she would be like, oh, you know, this is this is a nice compliment to mid-tempo. Or, oh, maybe, you know, I've written enough mid-tempo. I want to go down this path. But if you never try it, you don't know. And, like, I say that as someone who's taken the craziest trajectory from genres. So, like, yeah, it's all relative. Try out a bunch of things. See what you like. But also, like Luke said, you know, follow your heart. Go with like what inspires you because that's what's going to get your creative juices flowing and that's what's going to keep you motivated. It's so funny that you mentioned that specifically because I don't know if it was her song or someone else's or a collab that they were working on, but she she literally ended her set with one of the most ridiculous neuro DNB tunes at like just a complete brain breaker. Like, and it, dude, it worked. She literally like, cut the music was like all right i got i got one more for you guys uh this one's pretty crazy and like i i remember the exact words that she hit play on this ridiculous drum and like i i got to go listen to that set again just to listen to that song cuz i remember just being like like jaw on the floor like what is this but the reason it sounded so sick is because she had led uh, like like she had led the entire audience along this path that we trusted her taste so much that we no one in the crowd was like, why is she playing drum and bass right now? We were all just like, she knows what the hell she is doing. And whatever she plays, I am stoked. Because she, like, she literally had everyone in the palm of her hand. And she played a drum and bass tune that had no business being in that mid-tempo set. But just like completely left the entire crowd just like, uh... And then that was it. But like, if she, I mean, like her set probably would, it would have been just as good without that. But like, that's a prime example of her being like, yeah, I I like this. I'm going to follow my heart. I think this tune is cool. It's ridiculous. It's way over the top. After listening, after listening, yeah, I like it. After listening to Um, moody, dark, you know, albeit somewhat simple beats for 90 minutes. I'm going to throw in this song at the end and everyone is not even going to realize that this kind of music existed anymore. And everyone's just going to be left speechless. It was perfect. Um, and so you, you, like you said, you really do got to follow your heart. Like for example, like you'll just know, you'll know in your soul, like you go to, you, you sit down to write a beat that day and you're the house music guy. If it's not house music, but you're still feeling it, you're going to write that tune because you feel like doing it like for the for the first four years of my production career everything i wrote was a house tune i was a house music person i was i was a i was admittedly was just straight up house music started with like progressive house big room came around that was that was okay for a little bit melbourne bounce all of that i mean you would still call that house but then like for three years after that it was like tech house and that was like what i like and then like uk garage like offshoots of house like i thought i was going to be the house music guy and i followed what my gut was telling me and what my soul wanted to make and eventually landed on what i'm making now and couldn't love it anymore but if i was just like i'm the house music guy this is all i make i would have never found that thing that i'm so passionate about so yeah follow i think that Go for it, Luke. I feel you, man. I was a rapper, man. <laughs> I was a rapper that <laughs> happened to make his own beats. Now I'm a producer that happens to rap every once in a while, you know, and I was all hip hop. 
And at the moment where I made that switch, where I'm like, mm, I don't really feel like being a rapper right now or focusing on that at all. Let me switch to really focusing on production. And now that my production doesn't have to serve my next rap EP, all of a sudden I can experiment in genres. And here I am making trippy left field glitch hop something or other. And, you know, I'll let, I'll let Beatport figure out what to call it when it, when it gets awesome. uploaded, you know, like past that, like as long as it's bassy and bassy and weird and fun, that's all I care about. And I never stopped making hip hop. You know, I also still make like R and B jams. And a lot of the times it's just like, what's my spark follow the thread. Sometimes I think I'm making a hip hop track and it turns into a bass track. And sometimes I think I'm making a bass track and, and then I realize, you know what? This would sound way better if I filtered out all the top off that bass and turned it back into a sub and all of a sudden it's a rap track. I'm like, all right, cool. It's, it turns out it's done. I don't need to <laughs> make a drop. It's, it's already what it is. Cool, finish the arrangement as a hip hop song and wait for a vocalist. And just allowing that, allowing, your life to take you where it takes you much much what my illustrious co-hosts are saying like this it, be where you are go where you're going and, and let the path unfold it's just a giant like supersized elegant scroll nice gold detailing piece of parchment paper about 10 feet tall there's just one question do i like it and there's two like big ass check boxes yes no if the yes box gets a check mark in it roll with it reminds me of one of those notes you pass in middle school like yeah. do you like me yes no maybe Will you go do out? you like this beat yeah. <laughs> would you would you play me out in a set oh my god Man. amazing there seems to be a common theme here though and like this is something I think holds true for life. It's like, you're never going to get exactly what you want. You can just head towards that thing and you'll get something similar and, and you should be equally as grateful for it. Uh, but the other thing is too, is like all of us, we st going back to your sound versus a genre being just arbitrary collections of, of um, characteristics or attributes that you like to hear within a song. It's like, when you were the rapper, Luke, or you were the dude making hip hop beats, or Evan, when you were the house guy, all that meant was you had one circle and it was attributes of house. And then you messed around with dubstep and now you got two circles and then they started to overlap and make a Venn diagram. And then you started to fuck with this genre and then you found this thing over here. And now you have this four, five, six circle Venn diagram and that intersection in the middle is your sound. And you can branch out to, to either direction. It's like maybe even kind of like a skill tree in a video game. It's like maybe you put a little points into here on this, uh -huh. on this thing. And then maybe a little towards here. And then you slack a little on this. Or you Plus just want genre 20%. Agility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like. Maybe that is your thing. It's like, I'm going to pull off all the things, but you know, all of like, why, why would the DNB tune be out of place in the res set? Because it's a different tempo and people associate that tempo with DNB, but it's so arbitrary. What if she used all of her same sounds and textures and, and drums and all of that at that tempo? Is it still DNB? people would say probably, yeah. Why? Because it falls into some arbitrary tempo range. It's the same shit as the mid-tempo stuff she was doing just a little bit faster, right? So it's interesting to note how like, we all thought we were gonna be something else. And now we're kind of in the same vein, but pretty left field of where we thought we'd end up, but we still pull influences from where we thought we'd be. So it's like you saying uh, you you thought you would be the house house guy. Everything you learned in that phase, you are doing now, and it's part of your sound, and it's already integrated. It's just not at one twenty eight BPM, so it's not call house. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think Rez's music at one hundred and eighty BPM would be like speedcore. 
speak on. You get like the kick on the downbeat every time. And little Texas would like to know your location. Oh, little, <laughs> little, little, Texas, little Texas doesn't fuck with 180. Are you kidding me? 200. Yeah, he's like 400 feet behind <laughs> yeah, we got to get him on the cast. To to wrap us up here, to to tie a bow on this, like follow your joy is really what it all comes down to. All these great artists that have huge fan bases, dedicated followers, people that will pay money, true fans still get hate on YouTube comments. The best music you've ever heard that the most people in the world love is also the stuff that the most people in the world can't stand because they're forced to hear it from everybody else. And it's all about pushing through and doing what you want to do anyways. Like back to angry drunk people banging on your door at 1 a.m. to tell you who do you think you are. That's a test from the universe. If you say, oh, shit, you're right, I can't do this, I won't try again, angry lady, sorry, Karen, you know, like, then that was the test, do you really want this shit? Apparently not bad enough, because if you want to be in the music industry, if you want to have a career at something where you are making art and putting it out for the public to listen to and love or hate or judge however they deem because once you put it out it's the public's to love or hate or ignore and at that point you got to have that thick enough skin and that confidence to be like okay cool some people didn't like this shit that's fine moving on with my life to make the next piece of art to put out because you know we can't allow the people the small people like there's this Mark Twain quote that goes something like, you know, beware of people that try to belittle your ambition. Small people always do that. The truly great folks will let you know that you can be truly great as well. So anybody out here telling you, how dare you? Who do you think you are? That's them reflecting their own fear and insecurity back at you. And you don't have to listen. Amen, Mr. Jesus. I don't know if there's a better way to leave it off. No, that's it. Put in peace among the worlds. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> All right, humans. I like it. What's up, humans? Thank you so much for listening to the Human Music Podcast. We truly appreciate you. In fact, we made you a gift. Click on the link in the episode description to get our new sample pack for free. It has some of our favorite basses, FX, percussions, and Foley sounds to instantly level up your productions. As always, remember to rate and subscribe, and we'll get back at you with a new episode every Tuesday. Peace, and peace among worlds.